I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice with your host, Keith Barney. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. We might just meet in person today. There is a mugger in my house dressed in a pink bath robe. <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, retitled today the Ally McPractice Podcast, as we are doing part two of our Ally McBeal The Practice crossover. I'm pretty excited we're back on the practice. How's it going, Degs? You know, Keith, what, what's the old saying? You can never go home again. Well, in this case, we've gone home. The door has been repaired in Bobby's office. There's partners listed, and we have some additional partners as the Allie McBeal crew joins us for part two. Part two. Very exciting. You want to know what else is exciting? What's going on behind you in the uh, video that I'm watching right now? Because we started this before your wife was awake. <laughs> Yeah, she gets, and you are recording this in your bedroom. Uh, both of those things are true. Uh, it's her <laughs> It's her one day off. I told her I was recording at 1130, be up or be in the podcast. And uh, she chose the latter, but then quickly <laughs> escaped and put on a, her very sexy pink bathrobe. And so uh, she's walking around in that. You know, most people who uh, get on the podcast also exit quickly. <laughs> yeah, even those who don't know who they were on, even though... Uh, <laughs> Our special guest from last week was in- informed that she was on the podcast and actually wasn't upset. See? How about that? So how was that? So lots of exciting things happened this weekend. Uh, how are you doing? Good. Was that leading? Was I supposed to have something teed up? What happened this weekend <laughs> aside from general impeachment? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, if you're listening on the day of, Things got crazy this week in the real world. If only we had, you know, okay, here is the perfect question for this. Which of our practice family Mm. would you want leading the impeachment? Whoa. We need someone who can keep a level head. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Maybe Rebecca. She's not a lawyer. Mm, then I'd probably say Lindsay because Lindsay could probably get herself sexually harassed and that would uh, help clarify things. The problem we have, Keith, is that even in, let's see, my God, my my soft-shelled liberal is going to come out here. Ah, well, that'll be a first. Yeah, even in a situation <laughs> where the perceived, I'll even say alleged wrongdoing is written down fact by fact, and corroborated by, turns out, the perpetrator of said act. Right. Even in a case as clear-cut as that, 
the amount of obfuscation that we allow into our daily media discourse it still makes it seem like this, we have to go on a fishing expedition to get down to the truth when the truth is pretty clear, clear cut, as is in this case. So uh, sometimes fact is much more uh, fictional than fiction. If that well, makes any sense. You know what it feels sense. like? It feels like uh, we're we're in a situation where we have. Oh, that's going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that should make the noise gate really go crazy. They are literally jackhammering down the street. I can see them. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm going to close the window. Wow, uh, they win. I I will leave I will leave this thought for you to think about. I feel like right now this country is being run by a compromised Joey Herrick. Yeah, a compromised Joey Herrick. I was going to say you give you might be giving uh, him a little bit too much credit. Yeah, well, it's like somebody who commits crimes right out in front, likes to brag about it, makes no bones about. Uh, the fact that he did it, but expects to get away with it. But in this case, maybe not so much a genius. Yeah, I think the subtle difference is that whereas Joey, the fun of it is doing it wrong and then trying to weasel his way out. I think uh, the president really just believes that what he's doing is okay. Like he and his brain doesn't think he has to get away with anything because he is allowed to do whatever he wants. I think that's I think that's fair. I think he is I think he is confused and baffled by the fact that there might be some accountability for his crimes. Okay, well that has been your soft-shelled liberal moment. Uh, we apologize to Tom Brady, who is personally friends with our compromised Joey Herrick. Yeah, that's true. But uh, also, Tom, what happened this weekend? Speaking of Rocky, I mean, I guess a, a dub's a dub, right? No, they t- they they won. Hey, one. Well, he just he didn't, he didn't toss many. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't have a, a Tom Brady type week. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyway. So. So we talked about be, politics and sports. Uh, we talked about. So, so we've uh, alienated well, speak, everyone. Speaking of sports ball, uh, one of your hosts beat the other host in fantasy football this week. Just you know, just in case you're wondering. Well, the one host has a pretty awful team, and <laughs> so beating me. A isn't that big of a deal, and B, we both it was still a pretty shitty week across the board. Yeah, no, it was it was not either one of our shining moments. Especially, I mean, like just the points put up by people, like especially in the run game, just random. Like Jordan Howard put up thirty points. He hasn't touched the ball more than like ten touches a game in the past three weeks. So, sports ball, sports ball with but Keith and Mike. One more thing before we jump in, Keith. Big okay. news in our personal worlds. As has been teased on the podcast, there are pla- there are wheels in motion that we might actually cohabit really? the same space with our wives, which ha- I've done some research. I am the better podcast. The four of us have not been in the same room, if you don't count the drama desks. Right. Because we didn't we see didn't each speak other. speak to each other. Right. <laughs> that we haven't seen and spoken to each other in the same room since my wedding. Oh, is that really true? <laughs> That's true. And that was a long time ago. Well, guys, I have some breaking news. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's still not going to happen uh, because my wife is in Texas today. Wow. So your plan is to third wheel it, Keith? I'm absolutely going to third wheel it. Yeah, no. We, uh, uh, Jill's flew out to Texas uh, yesterday morning. We were in Philly for a wedding. I did see that, yeah. Uh, which was beautiful. Congrats, Matt and David. Uh, it was on the uh, 
the roof of the Philadelphia Free Library. Ooh. It was really, really swanky and a beautiful wedding. Anyway, so the next morning, uh, Jill's flew from Philadelphia to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, where she's going to be doing a show for the next three weeks. So I will be third wheeling like you wouldn't believe. Well, I guess the women have to pay the bills, Keith. So <laughs> they do, because Lord knows we're not doing it. That is damn true. Although we uh, had quite a few listens this week. So we thank everybody for joining us for part one of the Ally McPractice crossover. But what's a part one without the stunning conclusion? And so that's what we're here to do today. And we are indeed, and we have, it's going to be really exciting. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. But first. No. You're incorrect. What you think is first is not first, because I have a subtle but important objection to make. Objection! Objection! There will be an appeal. Objection! Keith. Yes? I have been misquoted. Oh, do tell. Our social media, the wonderful social media that you've really been hitting your stride on, yes. uh, listed that... Did for, I quote you? No, you didn't. Well, sort of. Last week, you attributed my vote for best lawyer to Allie's partner. Oh, no! And I def- we definitely both voted for Bobby Donald. Oh, no kidding. So I well, just wanted to set the record set. This is why I should set. listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes, that would be helpful. <laughs> um, so he, so he did. I did give him my vote for a later oopsie in the, uh, I believe, best actor category. I see. Um, which he was correctly uh, awarded, but he does have an extra half oopsie that I don't know he that he didn't earn. It's not like we're going to go back and fix anything. But I oh, just, good lord, no. Uh, but I just wanted the <laughs> official record to show that I did vote for Bobby Donald as best lawyer. Okay, well, uh, your objection is sustained. I do understand. I, I, yeah, I apologize for not paying attention to <laughs> to doing all of that graphics work. Yeah. Like, there's like 17 layers of graphics on that, but I didn't bother to get the person right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and, and it's not that Bobby hasn't won enough oopsies. It's not like he needs another on his shelf, but, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, it, it, well, in fact, I believe, uh, oh, our our sister podcast, sort of, uh, the Ally McBeal practice, uh, God, brain, oh God, the Ally McBeal podcast, entitled Bygones, uh, commented on there saying uh, he should never win the best lawyer, and he never did. We just pretended that he did. Ah, so there you go. All has been set right. And thank you, uh, what's the name of that podcast? Bygones, bygones. Feel podcast. Yes, I give will it a uh, listen. I will give it. A, I'll at least listen to the their episode about the crossover. Oh yeah, definitely. No, they are they are charming and funny, and also appear to be soft shelled liberals like us. Hooray! Oh good. oh good. Welcome to the family. Now, I have another objection, a very important special objection that was sent to me uh immediately after the release of the previous episode in which we talked about my brother killing a raccoon with an arrow and he sent it in audio form of course he did objection hello this is sean big fan key older brother and michael's fleeting romantic interest apparently <laughs> 
I feel like I need to clear my name a little bit after hearing Keith butcher the story that I had originally sent him. I sent it to him just so he'd have ammunition in his war with Michael about his uh, pretend macho brothers. So, like every other murderer, I feel like my crime has been unfairly presented to the judge. So, please allow me to object and clarify. First of all, raccoons. I used to think that they were cute, smart, charming little trash pandas. They even have adorable little Zorro masks, for God's sakes. Correct. But yeah. if you try to raise chickens and or ducks, you quickly realize that they are adorable waddling whirlwinds of death with hands that can open locks. They will kill every bird you own all at once and then come back later to eat them over the next couple weeks. Ooh. I was at war with these furry little serial killers for years. Anyway, 10 years ago, I was living the white trash dream on an island in Vermont with Ten my now years ex, ago. who is an unrepentant night owl. Uh, she wakes me up in the middle of the night in a full panic, saying that a raccoon chased her around the backyard <laughs> and was behaving strangely aggressively. I stumble outside with my bow still mostly asleep and in my underwear. Yeah. You're welcome for that yeah. image, ladies. Uh, and, Mike. and Michael, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> and this screeching monster rears up from across the yard and starts to slowly charge. Knowing that this was the last thing that many of my chicken and duck friends saw in this world, I shot it dead. This is like the only macho moment I can think of that I'm actually proud of, mostly because of the underwear part. But your honor, I think you will find that it was justifiable homicide, especially if you take into account the stand your ground statute that uh, doesn't really apply in my state. Luckily, the raccoon didn't have rabies. This means that this insane animal was driven solely by its hate of all life, its hate of liberty, its hate of the American flag flying in the back of a pickup truck. So I would ask that anyone in PETA who's inclined to condemn me about this, please first walk a mile in my duck boots. Or maybe my duck's boots. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you, Your Honor. And God bless America. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the basic tenets of the facts of the matter is... All right, yeah, I think we should break down all the things I got wrong. Well, I mean, I, but you got the, the important things right. Killed the raccoon with a bow. That's true. That's true. And, the you know, the fact that he had a apparently a very good reason for doing so and the fact that it happened 10 years ago, not last night, feels circumstantial. I mean, the 10 years ago was, <laughs> I think, the most glaring uh, difference that really kind of made me chuckle. Yeah, but here's the thing. See, Sean has a real life job and is like a real person mm -hmm. So and, and a child. So he wakes up at normal human hours. Right. And so, and then he, he will text me at some absurd hour, like 9.30 in the morning. And so, like, I, I like, groggily wake up and I read the text, you know, in, in bed, and then I don't really have good comprehension of what he says. And it's not like I'm going to go back and check, because clearly, as I've proven already today, I don't go back and check things. No, no. And you know what? To be fair, that's that's fair. I mean, that that is one of the basic... It's in the uh, uh, the constitution of our podcast is that we're not going to overdo or overthink. That's except we have except when you say something that you think might possibly be offensive to someone who might possibly <laughs> listen. <laughs> in which case, I get a panic text that originally would be like, "Hey, Mike, could you fix?" But then now has has evolved to, "I've gone in and I've fixed." Because you know, I'll be like, "Oh hell no, Keith." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well. Fair enough, we clean up our own messes here. And that brings us to... 
wanted to uh, give a shout out to our friend on Instagram at Leanne underscore writes, who has uh, posted a couple of times saying this podcast is the best discovery I've made all year and even included us in her Instagram story saying this is my guilty pleasure. Yes, uh, I saw really that. Very, very much appreciate it. Uh, welcome. I, you know, I don't know if you have joined the jury yet. Uh, and if you have, let us know because we will happily include you in the jury. Because sometimes it's hard hard to tell whose uh, handles on uh, Apple Podcasts are, or she might have written something on a different podcasting service. But if she wants to join the jury, and anybody else wants to join the jury, how would they do that? They could go to any of their favorite podcast service listening applications, but specifically Apple Podcasts, because that seems to be the most important in the global podcast algorithm. All of your services are important. Yes, everybody's service is important, but apparently Apple's the most important. At least we've deemed it so. <laughs> and leave us a review. Now, a lot of podcasts, you'll hear them go ahead and pander for a five-star review. We That's are right. not so foolish. No. We will ask you for an- We also an- don't deserve it. So. No, and any star review, a zero-star review, I mean, if you could, you don't have to do a zero. I don't think that's, that's possible to do yeah, zero. That's kind of rude, if you're for being honest. You've taken the time to give us a zero, but anyway- I, th- I think if you give us a one, we'll get the message. Yeah, but any star review, and uh, say something. Say something positive. Say something negative. Tell me I'm an idiot. I mean, your brother has writ- lit literally recorded audio to email to us to play on the show to tell me and i'm an idiot or at least a thirsty (laughs) thirsty weirdo (laughs) and we will go ahead and include you in our jury and read your review on the podcast or if you just want to write to us personally you can do so at out of practice podcast at gmail.com or as always keep up with our filings and subpoenas and official rankings of episodes at out of practice podcast.blogspot.com and we are on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm usually so good in the morning, but not this morning. Morning? At, at a practice noon. podcast on Facebook and Instagram or Facebook if you're, you know, got a customized lighter. <laughs> uh, Keith, say the word subpoena again. Subpoena. Okay. When you, when you recorded it, it made me think we should open a courtroom a courtroom themed bar and serve our signature drink the subpoena colada i'll allow it okay except for I, I i don't like coconut you know i don't either but in a pina colada i i like it i don't know what it is about the pina but i enjoy it i would much prefer a subpoena we were just looking at pictures you know the the face hop pops up and it's interesting because Around this time, not 1998, but the date this episode aired was April 27th. Around April 27th is about when I was on my honeymoon years ago, and we were just oh. looking at pictures of it, and uh, all we did was drink pina coladas for a week running, and it was bad. <laughs> Why was it bad? That sounds great. It does sound great, but then think about how much bloating took place. And oh, so on yeah. all those pictures where you're supposed to be like young, hot, fit, we just got married, yeah, it's our honeymoon, we look like roly-poly, drunk sons of bitches. I mean, to be fair, I always look like a roly-poly drunk son of bitches, whether I have pina coladas or not. <laughs> you almost made me spit coffee on my brand new mechanical keyboard. <laughs> Take that. Okay, well, 
I think it is time for us to start chit-chatting about nonsense and chit-chat about nonsense from 20 years ago. More which important. means <laughs> it is time for... This Day in the Basement. Okay. Out of Ally McPractice Part 2 aired on April 27th, 1998. It was a Monday night. And if you are keeping track at home, which of course you are, this aired right after the Ally McPractice Part 1 on Fox. So if you were quick, quick with the clicker, you went straight from Fox to ABC at 8.59 p.m. So what were you doing at 9 o'clock? On April 27th, 1998, Mike and Daglio. First, a quick question. Keith, we're both the same age. Do you ever, I'm sure the answer to this is yes, but I need to know it for official uh, records. Did you ever own a television with a simple clicker? A uh, simple, meaning what? Okay, so we had one television that uh, was, I guess, my grandfather's. It was a a single remote that had four buttons on it, and each of those buttons was a channel. That's it. Oh, no, and when you hit I, it, it down, it went ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't have that in fact because we were actually behind that. Mm. <laughs> the TV that I watched Knobber? most at, as a kid had a rotating knob, mm. clunk, 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 and then a separate for VHF and then a separate rotating knob for UHF. I forgot about UHF. That's right. Yeah, which was, boy, we are really dating ourselves here. Mm-hmm. That's true. That had no remote whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, no. And But we did have a VCR, which was so old, it had like two parts of it. You had the tape deck and then the tuner that had each separate channel as a button on the front of the VCR. So I would lie on the ground and I would change the channels with my toe. And I could tell which one was channel three and which one was channel 22. So lying on the basement floor... Uh, I would be changing the channels with my toe. Well, at least That's how I, mean, I worked. It, uh, I was I was going to make a weird naked reference because I really appreciate it. But I'm you know, not, if you do, I'm all queued up. So you better watch up. Yeah, <laughs> you you're better right. watch out now, Keith. You know, speaking of uh, hopping brands and crossovers, like we started talking about last week. Yes. Uh, people listening probably don't think of you and I either as as the athletic type, even though we've heard that you are a, a hockey star and have been in your share of fights. Um, I myself uh, have been cut from many teams in my life. I played baseball until seventh grade when I didn't make the team and then Aww. some other things. And it wasn't until my high school year my, or my senior year of high school, which was 1999. So we're not there yet that I actually did my first musical, which would actually end up changing the course of what I did for a living. Oh, interesting. You didn't do your first musical until 99? Until 99. In fact, it was I was done on a dare. You know what? I won't tell the story until we get there. Uh, yeah, we're not there yet. You're right. But but in 1998, having not made the baseball team in middle school, what I started doing was looking for another sport. And the only sport in my high school that you didn't have to try out for <laughs> <laughs> was the crew team or rowing, as it's also known. Oh, you know, that is the bougiest thing I think I've ever heard you say. I know. Well, it was, it was not many high schools in the Northeast uh, had... Uh, crew teams but we did and i joined it my sophomore year of high school and actually not only did it through my sophomore year of college was a rower but when i left college and came back home to stay with my dad while he was sick i became a coach i coached my old high school crew team for two years so 
this would have been my second year of rowing. Uh, April is the beginning of spring, so spring sports began. And so on this Monday night, I probably would just be having gotten home from uh, an early crew practice uh, back in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, uh, at the boathouse on the Schuylkill River. Oh, of course. You got back from the boathouse, of course. Well, the next year, all of our boathouse would actually flood because of Hurricane Floyd, and millions of dollars in boats will have been destroyed, and uh, all that sweet, sweet insurance money will come through. Millions of dollars. That's my coffee budget. I'm on crew. So what were you doing in Vermont, Keith, <laughs> speaking of bouge? <laughs> I was, was having sex with a tree hole. Mike is thirsty. He's thirsty. Mm. <laughs> I got that queued up, so look out. <laughs> yeah, buddy, that's a nice one. That one, that gave me half chub. <sighs> well, you know what I was doing? Uh, a while back, I told you that I was at the New England Music Festival. Uh, but oh, this the weekend, New England Music Festival. We're going to be New listening England to some... Music. Some uh, some Pavarotti this afternoon, and uh, I mean, we. Oh, have I ever told you the Pavarotti story? <laughs> no, but I can only imagine. What's the Pavarotti story? Okay, so you might know that uh, my uh, my email, or one of my emails, the one that I give out to junk mail. Uh huh. So go ahead and email it, guys. Is Paviarto at whatever email account. And uh, so I have had this uh, second identity as Paviarto because one day while I was singing in chorus, this is actually going to tie in nicely. Uh, there was a, a guy standing next to me who was a you know a a real Vermonter. Let's put it that way. And uh, he looks over at me very seriously after we've been singing for a while, and he's like, "Dude, you're a good singer. You're the next Paviarto." <laughs> So, ever since, I have proudly taken the claim as Paviarto. You know, it's interesting how, like, handles like that will stick with you. I was, um, I've been obsessed about networking my apartment lately, as I've mentioned a couple of weeks running now. It's just like I pay for a certain amount, and I'm just, I'm trying all different types of cables and this, that, and the other thing. And as I've mentioned to you offline, Keith, I pay for YouTube just so I don't have to watch ads, because I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, tech tips and this, that, and the other thing. Anyway, I'm listening. You wouldn't know it from the audio of that I put patched through that I listen to tech tips because it's such shit. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm watching this guy who does networking tech tips and uh, some other stuff. He's it's none of it is comical, none of it is tongue in cheek, none of it. But apparently, he chose his handle when he was in middle school. So the guy's name that's doing all these like net hot advanced networking tips and stuff is Glasscock at Glasscock, <laughs> and every time he does the the cold open, he's always like, "Hey guys, thanks for joining. It's Glasscock here." Blah 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 blah. blah. We're gonna be talking about advanced networking and TCP over handshake. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy's name is Glasscock," um, which uh, reminds me every time I try to email you at Parviarto that or decide whether it's that or Keith Varney Writer or uh, right, Theo right. Carver at don't. Tell anybody it's me.org. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could give out my real email address, but you sure as hell can't give out my pseudonyms. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's, let's move forward. 
<laughs> Continue your story. Okay, so uh, you're at a different bougie school now. Well, I no, I I was at the festival, uh, Vermont All State Music Festival, but I wasn't actually there. The festival was the next weekend. But what I was doing was I was auditioning for the All State Music Singing Scholarship dealy, going out and getting my uh, my twenty four Italian songs and arias, uh, singing, trying to get the All State Scholarship, which was super super intense because uh, what it meant was that. The next weekend at the festival itself, I had to sing in front of the entire, like in this gym of like 4,000 people who all hated me. And I had to go, go out and sing, you know, whatever it was. It was very embarrassing. Did you do it phonetically? I, of course I did it phonetically. I can barely read English, let alone Italian. Well, I wish you had done the most valuable lawyer bumper as your audition. <laughs> yeah, it. I think that would probably would have done me a lot better. <laughs> Keith, can we talk Any- about the episode? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We need Vermont for I press accidentally applauded myself. <laughs> Keith, in a strange twist of irony, wasn't there another impeachment going on around this time? There sure was. Yes, this was the, uh, the impeachment of Bill Clinton in this era. And wasn't that uh, based entirely on quote unquote hearsay testimony? It sure was. Well, it it was about catching the president lying about sex. Ha. Huh. Although, you know, it's uh, I think we've mentioned it before. It is interesting to go back and look at that situation differently with today's eyes, whereas the lying lying about sex, I still don't give a shit about. But the but the situation there was a little darker than we all took it. Yeah, it you know, I, I even as liberals, it's it's easy to see where the total hypocrisy comes into play, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. Although, speaking of hypocrisy, just for fun, and I'm not saying this as with any political affiliation whatsoever, go yourself on the YouTube and just Google YouTube Lindsey Graham from 1998 oh. <laughs> and juxtapose his what he says compared to Lindsey Graham 2019. It's, it's, it's what a funny. difference uh, 20, 21 years could make. What a difference. All right. Well, moving so, on sorry, from Tom. politics. No wonder Tom hasn't emailed us this week. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I think he's. I think I think we just made him sad. Nah, Tom. Nah. All right. Anyway, so going back. Sorry, we we are thirty minutes into this episode, and we haven't even gotten to the trivia of the day. It's it's a special episode. It's crossover. PT. PT. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so this day in the world, April 27th, 1998, we're going to be jamming on to the number one song, which was Too Close by Next. Seems appropriate. Yeah. This feels like a uh, feels like a Mike is Thirsty kind of a song, don't you think? Yeah, it just makes me think. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what it makes me think. I don't know. Where's my wife at? <laughs> Uh, you know, she me, listens to this part. This makes so. me think of my girlfriend, Lara, back in high school. This is the oh, kind of movie no. I'd like to really do a slow jam with her to, for the kind of song. But truth be told, all she listened to was Sarah McLaughlin. Fair. Well, that, that sounds appropriate to 1998. Keith, if I was to give you a true or false that uh, later in life, Lara turned out to be a lesbian, would you would you take true or false? A thousand percent true. Knowing her musical inclination. (laughs) Thousand percent true. You know what else was a thousand percent true? The Burlington Free Press had a big headline talking about the fallout spreads from Act 60, which we've talked about before. 
I can't stress to you how big of a deal in Vermont Act 60 was during that time, so we're probably going to hear a little bit more about it. But in the meantime, the top movie was He Got Game, which is a Spike Lee-directed film starring Denzel Washington, Ray Allen, and Mila Jovovich. Took in $7 million. Can you imagine the number one movie $7 million. And that was it. So uh, it was a quiet week in Lake Wobegon here in 1998. So it is finally time to talk about the damn episode, which was written by David E. Kelly, who also wrote part one and about 700 other episodes of television this week. And it was shared with Todd Ellis Kessler, who also wrote The Means. Interestingly, this was directed by Dennis Smith, who was the first time he directed the practice, but he would go on to direct uh, 19 more episodes of the practice. So we'll talk about him a lot, but he also directed Jag, Numbers, Fringe, and 89 episodes in the NCIS family. Hmm. And uh, prior to directing, he was a cinematographer. So we'll see if we can find some flair there that we'll talk about that you can't see because we're a podcast. Ah, uh, the inherent comic death toll of our podcast to begin with, Keith, then we just keep doing it anyway. We sure do. Well, I think it might be time for an ad, don't you think? I think it should be maybe two ads. No, no, we should roll the wisdom of one at the end, right? Like we've been doing. No, no, that always goes at the end. That's the okay. rules. Well, regardless, whatever the rules happen to be, here's some <laughs> ad. All right, kids. We did part one, which must mean it's time for part two. But we should we should set up what happened before. Oh, you're absolutely right. Last week on Ally McBeal. Yes, uh, please. I would like you to tell us what you remember from part one. Now we recorded this over a week ago, part one. So let's let's hear what you remember of part one. Well, Broadway star and dramatic powerhouse Donna Murphy appears. She has been accused and arrested for murdering her husband. I believe it's her husband. Yes. Yes. Uh, with an axe. And uh, it's going to be a high-profile case. And so Allie McBeal's crack team of quirky lawyers decide that this is a, a bit above their uh, pay grade when it comes to the publicity of defending said murderess. And so they elicit, uh, not elicit, they, what's the, word, what's the verb I'm looking for, Keith? Enlist? They enlist, yes, not enlist. Well, there, was, there is some illicit thirstiness <laughs> later. Uh, they enlist... The newfound partners at Donal, Eugene, and Rebecca Incorporated. <laughs> None of those things are true. <laughs> uh, to uh, co-counsel on the case. Uh, we learned that Donna Murphy suffers from some sort of psychiatric post-life, pre previous life syndrome where she thinks she's Lizzie Borden, which could potentially offer a, a crazy theory as to why she did this. Bobby, of all people, tells Allie's office that they need to get their shit together. And he also makes thirsty, thirsty eyes at Callista Flockhart or Allie McBeal. So we there is some under-the-radar sexual tension there that I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And uh, that's sort of where we are. Wow, that was comprehensive. A great deal more comprehensive than I thought. <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. And it was really, I've been looking forward to this uh, all week. Okay, here we go. Part two, Allie McPractice. Bring it. 
also season two, episode 26 of the actual practice entitled Axe Murderer. It doesn't make sense to challenge their case. There's nothing the prosecution is putting in that we don't admit to. Unless we want to say somebody else did it. Her prints on the web and blood I'm all over. I'm not saying we're going to win, but Lizzie Borden? Our mock jurors don't buy it. We don't need them to buy it. We need them to say what if, maybe, I don't know. They're still debating the Dr. Peters. He's a little reluctant, but he's effectiveness with us. of using really the Lizzie Borden. If you have anything better, we could just go defense. straight blackout. Problem is, if we end up putting her on the stand, she does remember swinging the hatchet. It's not a total blackout. We only have one choice. Sure. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty wax. Born again in '61, killed her husband just for fun. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, that was well done. Sounds good to me. <laughs> She's the next Paviarto. Indeed. Oh, it's nice to have the old theme song back. Oh, the old theme song. Oh, I missed our laser sounds and honks. Yeah, I <laughs> know it's so funny to hear laser sound and honks versus like an actual cohesive, uh, actually composed song. <laughs> I mean, this was actually composed. It was just weird. I'm a cobra and I need to watch some shows. It was always king cobras that were charmed out of the little baskets, right? I believe so, yeah. Although, I have no idea what the... uh, You know, that's sort of offensive. What if they happen to be queen cobras? Good question. How did the cobra identify? Is it working? Can you see anything? Try not to whip around. Keep yourself steady. So Rebecca is testing the hidden camera okay, about back. the size of a VCR. She's going tomorrow. Oh, Tuesday. that's right. So so we are continuing the story about uh, the unscrupulous doctor scamming the insurance company. Uh, right. And if you remember, our unscrupulous doctor, played by J.C. McKenzie, also was an old friend of Eleanor. Not only an old friend, but a possible well, new flame. A possible new flame. To, we have tell an him interesting you have to go to the bathroom and disconnect. And uh, when do we get map? We'll get him, Jimmy. Don't worry. You'll get your turn. Well, I'm ready. I get anxious when I'm ready for something. Lizzie Borden? Shh, you cannot say I word. <laughs> The DA doesn't even know this is coming. I could be disbarred. I don't know how he made that don't funny, but he did. Insanity in advance of trial? Oh, they know we're going insanity. They just don't know. Okay, so unscrupulous lawyer and lifestyle. Eleanor are now a lot of Western cozied up. Clearly on a Mr. Date. Chiropractor. Yeah. Do you believe in it? Do I look nuts? Casey McKenna. you'll argue it in court. If a doctor will testify to it and we have no other defense, in a second. And you sleep at night. You bet. Alone. It should be noted, Keith, that Sorry? she's not wearing a brooch today. No uh, brook. Do you plan on sleeping alone for the rest of your life? Eleanor, we've been dating for over two months now, and unless you have some sort of religious or moral objection, I just think it's a little odd that we haven't spent the night together. Keith, that's one of our favorite types of exposition. The telling somebody something they well, already know just so that we get in for marriage. Yes, we've, right, we've had a two month jump. Yeah, and yeah, you one of them? Creepy boyfriend is thirsty. He is. Well, I would say two months is... I mean, in this new hyper world you know, of internet really dating, two months is like years. Okay. Yeah, but, it, is, uh, it, is a, it is a long time, yeah. Sure. Whereas Keith knows it, every relationship he's ever had. 
Yeah, Leslie <laughs> Borden was acquitted. I waited 40 years. What's the hurry? <laughs> she was acquitted, but... Nobody does guilty. that. I know. Taking my clothes off for the first time is not easy for me. If I had to go back in time, I wouldn't have waited. I would have had more sex. Do you think I'm sex. not attracted to you? Well, naturally. Not now, an interesting framing of the shot here. Like, why are they both sitting on the same side of the booth, except for to fit them into the frame of a non-widescreen? He's playing with her earlobe. No, he's not. He's playing with her earring. Meanwhile, Cameron is giving us some phenomenally good acting here. We sort of talked over an important moment where she talked about it being difficult the first time with a new person. Which I get. And we apologize for that. But I did want to point out uh, for people who are listening at home and didn't see that it was the first time we've seen Cameron uh, make out with somebody on the show. And it was a really intimate kiss. Well done, I thought, by both parts. But interestingly, they they chose not to change the shot. And so basically we saw his shoulder upstage the whole kiss. Yeah, although I I didn't mind it because they were continuing a very intimate scene. Okay, that's fair. I think a cut there would have been jarring. But meanwhile, in the transition from one uh, scene to the next, we okay. got an external shot of Boston, of our opening. which our we've never seen in the practice. I Peters. think they stole if, if the jury it from the alley Lizzie set. Borden, he They're loses like, oh, let's get this B-roll. Even gets on the stand. In the opening, we'll just set up insanity, then we'll build a doctor's credibility during direct and work up to the big bomb. We're just afraid that if we come out of the blocks with Lizzie Borden past life, that, that we will lose before we even begin. What do you think, Donna? Okay. This is a long shot, isn't it? One line. Expertly delivered. Yep. Just like our mothers tell us. Yeast? No. Gross. Ah, It happened. Are we ever going to meet this guy? She's ashamed of us, that's why. I am not. Well, then when do we get to meet him? Well, when are you going to paint the walls? Next week. Have you had relations? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Jimmy. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jimmy. One, two weeks removed from I want to be a partner. You don't take me seriously. He walks right up to her and asks if she banged him. But I I got to give it to Michael Badalucho. His delivery of that line was priceless. Can you describe the defendant's demeanor? She looked disoriented, even dazed. Don't don't treat me like a pet. She told me she was looking for her cat. She was covered in blood, but she just oh, kept talking about Daniel it. There's Daniel Day Kim. Hold Daniel on, Day on. Kim. Uh. Guy that Keith credited a little bit early. Well, no. So I went back because I saw him on IMDb. Like, he was in that episode. And he. I went back. He didn't have a line. He was just an extra oh. in the scene on Ally McBeal. And now is there. And what a really interesting, what a great little detail that they threw in there that they had the forethought to put Daniel Day Kim in as an extra in the previous scene on a different show, on a different network. 
before this scene that you would never even pick up on. And at, at that point, Daniel Day Kim was not a big star, but uh, really good attention to detail uh, between the uh, coordination between the two productions there. And we should talk about Daniel Day Kim. He, you would know him, of course, from Lost, from Hellboy, Insurgent, Hawaii Five O, Angel. He was also Corporal Chang on Enterprise and an astronaut on Star Trek Voyager. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. You know, I object to the fact we never hear that all the way through. Do you? I mean... Yeah, we, we had established a precedent that the first time it plays all the way through, and then subsequent people, it only plays that first bit. We went to her house. Well, you've not yes. stuck to that. The front door oh, was have wide we established open, that? So yeah, I, I, I don't inside. pay attention when we talk. And what was inside? Oh, great. More flashbacks that are completely unnecessary. All over. She said, did something happen to my cat? Then I looked into the oh, den. Oh, officer, there I can't was. find my pussy. Could you help me find her? Cat. Don't, so I, look, I... I can't play that I couldn't theme even tell song was a man or a woman. every 30 and what seconds. what was the defendant doing at this point? Well, she still seemed dazed. Man. Almost vacant. Then all of a sudden, she became hysterical. Hysterical? How? She started tearing at her own clothes. I had to restrain her physically. More clips Did from the inside. Did she say anything else to you at this time? Yes. After I restrained her, she started to cry. Uh, I found it very interesting, since we often talk about sound effects, because this synth is panned so far left and right, it's very distracting because the, all the all the the vocals are in the center channel, and so it's right. very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It hurts my gray matter. <laughs> and she said yep, that the, the right body word. was her husband. Anything else? She said that she killed him. Oh snap. Hmm. But you know what we can do. I know that lawyer from somewhere. The lawyer for the prosecution is played by Michael Brandon, who uh, was Dempsey, Dempsey, and Makepeace. He was one of those characters on that show that I've never heard of, but he was uh, the title character on that show. He's also on episodes: The Tracy Ullman Show, Star Wars Battlefront Two, the video which, game, uh, the video game, which we've certainly played, and. I think most interestingly, he's the narrator on all the Thomas the Train videos. Oh, that's interesting. I thought so. Are you on drugs? Oh, look at Laura Flynn Boyle Maybe. in this next shot with her Maybe hair pulled real tight. Phone. She's so cute. Even wanting us to work together. Here. Mike is thirsty. I think you just like the theme song. It's got a nice beat. <laughs> what is, what, who is talking in the end of that bumper? <laughs> I'm glad you picked that up. That is a clip from Twilight. What's she saying? He's thirsty. <laughs> You're not a career DA. You've always known at some point you'll jump. Yes, to make money, not to catch headlights. Funny. So now Lindsay's trying to get Laura Flynn Boyle to join the team. What are the odds of you lasting Backwards. at a big firm? It's about as much fun as quitting smoking, and I was there when you did that. No, forget it. I'll take no, but I now, won't I'll say take this, forget you. it. I'm glad that Lindsay's like embraced her love for Bobby and she's admitted it to herself and tacitly to her best friend, Laura Flynn Boyle. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. Right. And she's also asked in so many words for Laura to back off or she's asked at least for her to confirm that her and Bobby are no more. I know that you're not into this romance, but I am. So indulge me. <laughs> but let me talk about a Bush League move. 
Yes. Like, you know, there's that old saying that, like, bros before uh, H expletive, I wouldn't, I won't, I won't, I won't say it, of all things. Um, but whereas one would say that if you were to break up with someone, Keith, I, it would be kind of low class for me to date her, correct? Well, I, I don't think it would be low class. I, I think it would be maybe a conversation that we could have. Or I how mean, about, I, let me, like, let me change, let me change, let me flip the script. Or, you know, you know, actually, you know what? That's not true. I, I think giving me a heads up would would be polite certainly like we do not need permission to date other adults because she is not a fucking piece of property so you date who you date it's just sort of plays like hey just you know heads up yeah like so this doesn't catch you off guard and you don't think i'm trying to keep something from you yeah okay now just as far as like so mike i think we should talk just as far as strategy is concerned let's say that there's somebody that I'm kind of digging, right? And things are go- are progressing well, and they are an ex of yours. Probably, and I know that they still kind of have little feelings for you at least, or that you guys kind of still have, there's some tension between you. I the mean, last, who wouldn't? The last thing I'm going to do is invite them on the podcast to work with us. Yes. Aren't you, in- you're inviting the lines to be blurred. The third piece of the triangle, you want to be working with every day in the same office that was a 20 minute analogy that was unnecessary that i made so unnecessary smoking and i was there when you did that no, no i actually think that makes I'll take a lot of no sense. but i won't take forget it we're gonna have lunch in a couple of days in the meantime think about this you'd be a partner bobby knows you're here i'm not broaching it unless you're interested and if you are so she's like you want to not only did i force you to make everybody a partner in the office but i'm going to bring your ex-girlfriend in and i'm going to make you make her a partner I'm going to declare her a partner. <laughs> like, Lindsay, if you couldn't rock the boat anymore, now you're trying to just capsize it entirely. Well, I mean, she went from a completely reasonable and justified place to like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Say working. yes, he'll have to. Why is that? Your reputation. We need it. We'll pay for it. Ooh, that's easy. It is fair. Though. Lindsay, if you say no... Fine, but don't be stupid and not think about it first. She was dazed when you first saw She would saw make more money right. there, right, at a private practice? In fact, according yes. to your own report, she didn't appear to know where she was. Did you remark that she didn't seem to be aware she was covered mullet. in blood? Yes, I said that. And when you described her as becoming hysterical, you told fellow officers she went nuts. Objection. Overruled. Did you say she went nuts? By that, I meant hysterical. Did she strike you as a sane woman, officer? Objection. Sustained. Was there a cat, do you know? Look at the toupee on the opposing counsel. Not that I know. I know. She didn't know what she was doing, did she? Objection. Sustained. Did you learn whether the defendant even had a cat? I'm told she did not. Didn't have a cat. Officer, in your opinion, I know you're not trained in mental health, but... Objection. My hair is terrible. Man on the street. (laughs) It looks like this show had the same wig budget our Titanic tour had. As you listened to her, (laughs) did she believe she had? Good God, how I I wish you would screenshot that for everybody. She did. No, my wig, not a chance in hell. (laughs) You did great. I set us up perfectly. Now it's up to the doctor. He says he's ready. I would bring me comfort if he had any idea what he was in for. You need to share with the jury how nuts it all seems. What do you mean? You have to admit that this whole theory seemed just as crazy to is, you as it does uh, to the jury now. When they hear Lizzie Borden, again, they'll think it's absurd. Yeah, they'll think I'm absurd. Not if you take the curse off it, just say it. 
Your immediate reaction was the same as everybody else's. Yes, you can't come off as some past life zealot. Let's be honest. When the DA gets done with me, I'm not going to have any credibility hey, left. We have other yeah. experts backing you up. Behind I'm them talking now, maybe. there's a list I'm of presidents who, who all seem to be in Lizzie order, Borden. though. If I'm not mistaken, LBJ is appearing can. before right. Richard Nixon, which is bizarre, because he was president afterwards. Tomorrow at this time, I'm uh, leading off every newscast. Doctor, no. I know you're worried about your reputation. I understand that. But once you uh, take that witness chair, no, no, LBJ was was before Nixon. And what are the chances this could work? It was LBJ, then Nixon with a secret plan Not to good. get out of the war. Oh, Ford is actually after Ford. Ford is after Nixon. She's going life for life. You're her only chance. So fast, seventy thousand. So we're watching Jimmy. They want to do their own physical with the guy on the uh, on the scam. What's new? And they're being secretly recorded. But you know what we should do? Guy on the scam. Guy wearing a trench coat. Thank God trench coats are back. They've been missing from the episodes lately. I really think so. Yeah. And it, we mentioned this guy uh, last time on the story, but we did not give him his full due, and he deserves it, because that is Rennie Santoni, who you would know from Cobra, Dirty Harry, Dr. Doolittle, Bad Boys, Seinfeld, Murder One, Quantum Leap, and Manimal. Quantum Leap. Dr. Spivak to be and Manimal. Come on. Classic. Don't worry. Keith, have I mentioned I love Quantum Leap? You have indeed. We discussed doing it as a podcast, but then I won. There's too many what other ones. You're right. At what point did you begin treating her with hypnosis? After about a year. She was still suffering the anxiety attacks, the blackouts. Okay, these blackouts. Did you mean that... that so they're going for the big Lizzie Borden swing here. No, it would they be more sure like are. sleepwalking. She'd suddenly find herself at a store, for example, and not know how she got there. She would drive? Sometimes, yes. And you were able to make no real progress? That's why I tried the hypnotherapy. Can you tell us what you discovered? She started describing Man. her house. Except it wasn't her house. She was talking about stuff from the 1800s with meticulous detail. She started going on about her house. Finally, I asked her her name. While she was under hypnosis? Yes. And what did she tell you? I know it sounds crazy, but she told me she was Lizzie Borden. (laughs) It does sound crazy. Quiet. Quiet down. Wait, that's a good opportunity. Hold it. Pause it right there on the fan. Uh, So... You haven't seen this. All right. So let me ask you, are you buying the Lizzie Borden thing yet? Through the vehicle of the show has been set up to make me believe her, right? It's been set up as truth because, you know, her, her therapist and even her and through the flashbacks we've seen that, and since they're in black and white, we know that they're presented as truth to us. Right. She is like all dazed and confused and talking about her cat so i think we're supposed to be i think that they're telling us that this is true that she was temporarily insane as a juror i I don't know it's hard it's hard to say because i i I know too much yeah no no that's that's true but of course the the question is really comes down to like because there's there's two tracks to this question because one as a juror are you like okay she's she's insane and or she had either temporary or permanent like actual mental illness which caused this and that change her changes her culpability or the other track is if you actually believe in past lives and you can actually mm. believe 
legitimately that she was Lizzie Borden in a past life. And it was Lizzie Borden who actually committed the murder. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a bigger swing. I think one way or the other, I think it's a travesty if she walks off not guilty. Not okay. guilty by insanity, so she'll go get some help, I think is acceptable. But straight up not guilty, I'm going to be a little upset with. Okay, well, you know, after this conversation, I think uh, this is the correct time to play a new jingle, which I am going to... Uh, now, after I play this, I'm going to bequeath to you uh, calling when this jingle gets played. Please use it responsibly. Okay. <laughs> Keith is pompous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lizzie Borden, the woman who killed her parents with an axe? Yes, and after that session, I went to the library and looked up some of the stuff she was telling me. All true. She was telling me about birthmarks and giving me information on friends and relatives, stuff from archives that's barely published, and it was all true. It was stunning. I had her sign her name. She signed Lizzie Borden. I took it to a handwriting expert to have it analyzed. He said it was a match. Did you form any conclusions based on this? Well, I didn't form any conclusions, but... Did you leave room for the possibility that in a former life she was Lizzie Borden? That's, I that's said it tough. was possible. That's tough to swallow as a jury. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Good. Oh, oh shit! Never said it was bad. Boyfriend, the doctor just yeah. walked Lindsay, into the office. Fred Spivak, Hi. Lindsay Dole. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. So we're gonna go to lunch. Can I come? I'm just kidding. We will be back in an hour. Take your time. Thank Lindsay's you. Lindsay's always stirring the pot. They think you got enough? Well, they want him taking the money. Oh, on camera, just missed but, it. Uh, we're almost home. So it's my turn with Spivak. Better hope he doesn't examine me. What'd you say? Uh-oh. I said I hope he doesn't examine me if he does. What's his name, this doctor? Spivak. Fred Spivak. You know him? He was just in here. What are you talking about? The mystery guy Eleanor's been dating? Fred Spivak, doctor. How can that be? Well, pretty easily. Remember? She said that they bumped into each other right in front of the building. He was probably on his way to meet you at the coffee shop. Well, either that or... or... he's on to us, and he's dating her to find out if... How could he know for sure that she wouldn't know his name? It has to be for real. Wait. That's a decent Eleanor retcon for is the coincidence the of, them, yeah. bump, of him bumping into her. She's falling in love with him. Doctor, oh it's your medical opinion that the defendant was Lizzie Borden in a former life? I only said possible. Did she talk about her previous crimes under hypnosis? As a matter of fact, she did. Now, hold on. I do want to say one thing. I have a dear friend whose husband is a nice guy, but he hasn't had a job in like four years. So, I mean, he's kind of a, it's kind of sleazy to not have, to not be like helping out the family, but it doesn't make him a bad guy. Does this make just because Sleazy Doctor is involved in some shady stuff? That doesn't mean he's not a good boyfriend to your friend, right? I, I, but I, I think there's a difference between not having a job and committing crimes. <laughs> Keith is pompous, and in your medical opinion, she was acting out a past life experience. I know how it sounds, but the thing she was saying under hypnosis—yes, they all checked out on microphone, doctor. Is it possible for somebody to fake being under hypnosis? I think I would know if somebody were faking. That shot is my favorite shot in the episode. Uh, because 
in that shot, we have the entire cast of The Practice and most of Ally McBeal, and the only thing in focus is the fan behind them. Why did Mrs. Hansen <laughs> uh, first come perfect, to you? The Anxiety. perfect shot, you're right. Sleep deprivation, blackouts. Trouble in her marriage? She did have some trouble, yes. Ever expressed anger toward her husband? Actually, no, it was guilt. Guilt? Yes. Any problems with her marriage she regarded as her failures, she would experience sporadic feelings of tremendous guilt. These usually preceded her blackout episodes. Ever explore that guilt? Yes, through hypnosis. That's when these repressed Lizzie Borden memories came out. And that's the source of the guilt. A hundred years ago, she hacked up her parents. It may sound ridiculous, but... Could her guilt have been triggered by anything else, like infidelity? What if she was secretly seeing someone else? I don't think that was the case. Why is that? She would have told me I was her treating psychiatrist. Maybe she didn't feel the need to tell you. Is that possible? Doctor, are you having an affair with the defendant? Objection. Overruled. Doctor, do you recognize that woman sitting in the last row? Didn't she once work as your assistant? Objection. This is unfair surprise. Overruled. All right, doctor, let's speed things up here. Here. Are you having a sexual relationship with the defendant? Oh, shit. Answer the question, Doctor. Allie's face. Are you involved with that woman? Uh-oh. Music's telling us it might be true. Yes. Oh, oh twist. She's fried, man. Twist. Are you in love with her? I could be. Why? He didn't feel like mentioning that? Boy, he's trying to protect her, obviously. There's Reagan. What the hell was that? Hey, let's calm down. What the hell was calming down? Are you sleeping with her? Everything I said up there is true. Are you sleeping hey, with her? Hey, look, answer my question. Hey, shut the hell up. All right. It wasn't my idea to get up there. I didn't want... Why didn't you tell us this? Because I didn't think anybody knew, and if it came out... Are you covering for her? I am not covering for her. She kills him, gets his money, gets a doctor to help hatch it. Go to hell. All right. She was the rich one, not the husband, if you care about the facts. Did the two of you conspire to hey. do this? I didn't back her up or fill her in with any lies. Right, that would hurt your reputation. See, in this situation, Eugene, I feel look. like all the shouting and anger is justified. It was exactly when like I said. She isn't. suffered the anxiety, the blackouts, the Lizzie Borden stuff. It's exactly like I said. The other, it's irrelevant. Except you love her. It gives you motive to want to save her. I didn't want to testify. You said if I didn't, she'd be convicted. I had no idea anybody knew. Damn it. So the affair started after you began treating her? Yes. I gotta say, that's a we great get a by the defense attorney. Or by the uh, prosecution. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's c- uh, we missed it there in the, some technical shit, but they, they got his assistant to squeal on him. Oh, so she... Okay, someone who was aware of the affair. It wasn't just a shot in the dark. Right. Other experts. 
But Peter is the only one to make our insanity. We're done. Is there any way he could have hypnotized her into killing him if he loved her? I've already checked on that. It's impossible. You can't hypnotize someone into doing something that you find repulsive. Plus which, she would have a memory of it. Well, she does remember swinging the hatchet. Well, maybe they did it together, like you said. She passed our lie detector conclusively. Look, I think our job just got tougher, but that doesn't change our defense. Our theory is still... Lizzie. Well, I keep hearing how good you guys are. Damn, Allie. Boom. <laughs> now let's do a commercial. You sure it's the same guy? How many Fred Spivak chiropractors can there be? I still don't see how we can. For those of you listening at home, uh, namely Sean, um, <laughs> how similar, can you even tell the difference between when Allie McBeal's talking versus Lindsay? You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to cast the same person. She serves the same role in some of these scenes where they're all kind of like strategizing together. I wonder if, if you can even tell the difference. Well, you know what I can tell the difference? And I have the, I have the button queued up. <laughs> you know what I can tell the difference is? Because it wasn't Lindsay. It was Lara Flynn Boyle who was almost Allie McBeal. Oh. Mm. So I believe <laughs> you got your facts wrong. Okay. <laughs> Keith is pompous. <laughs> Can't tell her. Is there any reason not to tell her? Well. What? Facts according to IMDb, which she is not She might be in love with him. I mean, how can we be sure she won't tip him off? We can't. Still. I mean, how can we be sure the doctor won't tip off Matt? We could be putting Jimmy in danger. Hey. <laughs> hey. You have to tell her. Who died? What's going on? Eleanor, the guy you're seeing is is this his card? Yeah, where'd you get this? He's the chiropractor who's treating Rebecca in the insurance scam. Haha, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> That sucks. We think he was on his way to meet with Jimmy when you first ran into him. Here's where she gets mad at them. The doctor that's treating you is Fred Spivak? Yeah. Oh, no, Eleanor's too smart for that. She'll get it. That's real. across all their faces. You can tell it's a cinematographer because he just pulled focus four times. Man. <laughs> Another dirt bag. No biggie. What a great performance from cameraman there. Great performance, and I credit the screenwriting team because... It, the easy cop out there would have been to have her be all like, screw you guys, blah, 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 like, yeah, full outrage, you know, defense reaction. But she, it was much more grounded and real than that, I think. Yeah. And I, I think having the choice of having her hide her feelings feels much more realistic. It feels much yeah. more like a per But it's also, as a writer, it's a little scarier to do when you don't have your characters speaking their subtext because you're like is the audience going to get what she's feeling or are they going to really think that she's 
like not bothered by this and that's where you rely you trust the incredible actress that you have and i hope that they do the right move here and tie the two stories together and have her be the one who brings him down to kind of you know they use her as kind of a play in the in the in the sting yeah although you know would you really want to put her through that repressed past lives it's much more common than first thought is it the same as reincarnation basically and when you say common there are thousands of cases anecdotal evidence where people usually under hypnosis manifest past personalities patients have suddenly started speaking in foreign tongues i had a patient who kept claiming his dentist killed him i finally looked up the name of the person he was claiming to be he died 40 years ago mysteriously in a dentist chair. <laughs> You're sitting there like jurors. What do you think? It's a bunch of crap. No, why do you say that? Well, it was past life, hocus pocus. You know, lawyers today, they'll pay experts to say anything. Maybe she thought she was O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith is pompous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're talking to uh, what's clearly a focus group, and that is exactly my experience. Keith, I have done many 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 focus groups have you really i have it's uh it's one of the scams i run instead of Uh, selling blood (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and regardless that's how they always are it's these two people talking at you asking you questions like that and eating (laughs) loose lunch meat sandwiches and snacks (laughs) you get paid in loose lunch meat heard a lot of experts with very good credentials i did one for google once it paid me four hundred dollars in cash did his testimony seem truthful He's just saying whatever to save her, because he loves her. And once a doctor makes a diagnosis, other doctors don't want to contradict him. They're worse than lawyers. So is your hair, buddy. Murder two. Mrs. Hansen, we can't win. Our theory was pretty stretched to begin with. Add to that your affair with the doctor. You think I knowingly killed him? All our mock jurors. Donna, you're going to have to take some sort of plea here. You don't think the jury's going to just let you off. I'm not sure. Come on now. Have some sense, Lizzie. I am not pleading guilty to murder. I had blacked out. Let me testify. I don't think that will help. I'm not pleading guilty to a murder I can't even remember. I have a Tony. You have to Just let me testify. Because I fell in love with my therapist. And it? chopped up your husband? I don't... So, Keith, history is on her side because there are very few times anybody's been found guilty on our team. In addition, we now have two of David E. Kelly's biggest shows at the time working together. It's very hard to conceive that their client would be found guilty. Gonna give them the loss. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. This is like the showcasing of both of his shows. Yeah, so how are they gonna thread the needle and make it somewhat believable? Ooh, breaking the fourth wall. Remember it. If they believe I blacked out, they'll have to find me insane. I think she's using him. What? Does she seem like she'd fall in love with Dr. Peters? Well, if she were using him to set up a defense, she wouldn't have to pretend to be in love with him. If anything, it makes him less useful as a witness. Well, except... Except what? This doctor cares so much about his reputation. To to, to put himself on the line in open court, it... Maybe she needs some kind of insurance that he'd go to the wall for her. Hmm. Interesting. If you tell him, you could be putting Jimmy at risk. 
Oh, you know what? Maybe you should have thought about that before unloading the truth onto me. Well, we had to. What if he showed up here again? What if he saw Jimmy or me? I'm sorry. He's not a bad person, Rebecca. I slept with him last night. Okay, you've got this amazing actress doing amazing work and you couldn't afford a real I piano. Now, Keith. Yeah. Do you think that she's mostly upset because she had sex with kind of a sleaze guy, or that he convinced her? He kind of guilted her into it sleazily. I don't think he did it sleazily. I thought he was fairly straightforward. I I think the problem is that I think she genuinely does feel for him. I think she I think she she may genuinely be in love with this guy, and at the same time. Like, she's just in a completely impossible place right now. So, I, you know, I... Ugh. Terrible place to be I in. I remember looking for a cat. But do you have a cat? No. And do you remember what happened before that? Did Lizzie Borden have a cat? Going to bed. Yes. I had been having bad anxiety attacks all day. I had gone to see Dr. Peters, and we had tried the hypnotherapy again, and he had given me some medication, but the attacks kept coming. When you say attacks... I would just shake and tremble. So I called my husband. He was still at work and told him I was going to bed. And when I woke up, I was outside looking for a cat that I don't have. Mrs. Hansen, we were all a little surprised to learn that you were having an affair with your doctor. It has nothing to do with this. Well, can you give the jury any explanation? He had a huge dick. I suppose I, I fell in love with him. Boo. These horrible things were happening to me, and he was the only one who really seemed to understand or sympathize. Mrs. Hansen. So much coughing. Did you knowing one of those was me kill your husband oh you better get it donna i did not i thought she sounded good how about the mock jury they thought she came off sympathetic but hacking up your husband isn't something you'd forget i just took a call from barbara landis she works at the lizzie borden historical society in fall river she's been following the case lizzie borden had a cat she killed it by chopping off its head. It's too late for that. That's grim. Yeah. Lizzie. Probably. Killing your family, fine, but leave the poor cat alone. It's time for the audible. What's the audible? Have you never seen the practice? Oh, we gotta put the doctor back up there and rehabilitate him. Which is what I've been saying. He's sympathetic. I think the jury still wants to like him. Yeah, but if he's a hostile witness, Allie, it isn't worth it. Forget it. 
If I get up there again, I'll just. Do you want to help her or not? If I thought I could. You might. God, he's wearing There's a mock turtleneck. Maybe there was a couple of days ago, but now. Keith, are you happy that we haven't revisited the Bobby Alley tension? You're calling me because things are desperate. It seemed inappropriate in this episode. My kids watch the news. I don't think I need to go through round two. Noah, the other experts did a pretty good job of documenting this past life phenomena. I think the possibility is still alive, but only you can, can prevent forest, forest fires. fires. That's what happened to <laughs> we Marie. We both made the same joke at the same time. It wasn't even a good joke. No, it, it was wasn't actually even good. pretty we horrific. Both, and we both bungled it. <laughs> We're on brand. <laughs> steam. So much steam outdoors. Oh, how's she going to handle this? Been kind of quiet tonight. Yeah, well, um, once I sleep with a man, I, I don't talk to him anymore. Really? Mm. Good one. Zing. Everything okay? Well, he does seem sweet. It's, He's uh, playing this really well. It's just a case. Well, what we don't know fine. is whether or not she sure. knows. Positive. So it could be genuine. No, that's what I mean. I don't think he does know that they know. Well, I think he can be also I'm be a good boyfriend. Tonight. I'm just beat. Otherwise... I understand. It's all right. And he's being a good guy about it. He's not pressuring her. Yeah, well, I mean, everything she has experienced thus far is a good guy. And now they're kissing. We're so close. It's literally just like four lips on the screen. <laughs> Keith, you know what this is making me? Uh. Mike is thirsty. So, Thirsty. listeners, I promise we're not going to listen to that 40 times an episode. <laughs> Just this episode. Just this one. All set? Ready. They here? No, they're late again. Let them catch up. How do you feel? I got to tell you, that, that sound effect I'll of the Coke bit. being I'm poured is very satisfying. I figured it I'm would ready. be. Of course Eugene is ready. Eugene is always well, I'll be ready. able to watch on this. Well, I'd like you to, and if he's at all ambiguous with Rebecca, we'll need you to pin him down. He doesn't Keith, are we going to lunch? Anything. Where should we he go? Flat out says it. Well, if he wants to do any you know, kind of full focus examination, we can go to the bathroom. Good luck. Thanks. Well, we're about well, lunch focusing later. on Laura Flynn Boyle right Mike now. Mike is hungry, too. Giving him any more thought? Look at her. If Look at that hairdo Laura's Shingle, got going. I'd just do it with you, Gamble and Doll. We don't need them. Ooh. Don't say it. Late. 22, we're fine. You talk with Peters? He's set. Am I gonna take him? Eugene will do it. Okay, let's go, we're off. Gamble and Dole. Hi. See, these are the two people who were up for Allie. Helen Gamble, Allie McBeal. Hi. Uh, I've been looking for a skirt that short. I haven't been able to find one. Oh, well, they're not really in yet, but they'll be coming back. Really? How can you be sure? I'm wearing one. Ooh. Oh, snap. See, this is so silly. That is a total like inside joke break of the fourth wall because Doctor, they were both up for the same part. This. I said it's possible, but I certainly don't think she was. But let's be fair. Uh, 
All the stuff she uttered about Lizzie Borden, she could have looked that up at a library. If a patient were faking hypnosis, I would see it. Now, sometimes things can be suggested to a patient under hypnosis, right? Certainly. For example, if under hypnosis, you suggested to her all that Lizzie Borden stuff, then we... I didn't do that. I'm speaking rhetorically, doctor. Now, suppose you went to the library. Suppose you looked up all that Lizzie Borden stuff. Suppose... While under hypnosis, you told her that she was Lizzie Borden in a prior life. Why? Suppose you planted in her unconscious. When you brought her out, she might believe it all as the truth. My question, doctor. I certainly didn't. Is that possible using hypnotherapy? Well, they're using him a patsy. Are you suggesting I hypnotized her into killing her husband? Is that possible? That's what no, I'm... No, counsel, it isn't. You can't use hypnosis to get somebody to commit a murder. That's ridiculous. Any doctor would tell you so. Doctor, where were you the night Mark Hansen was murdered? Objection. I'm entitled to ask oh, this witness shit. questions. The objection is overruled. Where were you when he was killed? Objection. Overruled. My client came to you that day. You prescribed medication. You told oh, her possible? to take a I full guess we didn't milligram even... of Xanax, didn't you? She was suffering severe anxiety. We have not explored the possibility that she didn't kill him. Two hours, That's right. Three. Well, and see, this is saying? so classic that practice. That you planted all that mm -hmm. Where they get somebody up on the stand that has been working on their side, and then they fucking accuse them of murder on the stand. Hey, man. Bobby Donald and Associates. Don't fuck with Eugene. Because he's he Eugene the Pants. Out, killed her husband, knowing that when she came to, with all that Lizzie Borden stuff swirling nothing? in her mind, that she might think she <laughs> must have nothing. done it. That's what I'm suggesting, Doctor. I think you watch a little too much television, Counsel. Ooh, meta. Do I? It's like the second like time we've broken the fourth wall in like 60 seconds. A person couldn't do something under hypnosis or while under a blackout that she couldn't do while conscious. Like you say, it's not in this woman's character to commit that kind of violence. Add up all the things that you've said, doctor. Somebody else must have done it. Who? I don't know. She had no motive. If she wanted to divorce her husband, she could have done that. She was the one with the money. The only one here with a motive is you, doctor. Is she allowed to do this? You went there with that hatchet. <laughs> Good question. Oh, you right. chopped that, that man enough. up. Counsel. You killed him, didn't you? Counsel! I'm not even going to dignify that. I'll ask you the same question. Where were you when it happened? Home. Anybody who could verify that? No. Reasonable doubt, baby. Even on TV, they have a better alibi. Objection. How's your practice doing, doctor? Drying up, isn't it? What is the relevance? The relevance is this man is failing as a doctor. That He's isn't true! Faced with closing shop, he needed money, she had it. Objection! There's your killer! Objection! Sustained. Whoa. Sustained. Great scene, Eugene. He's got an oopsie in his future. Eugene does not fuck around. That's why you hire Bobby Donald and Associates. That's right. Could I talk to you for a second in private? Uh oh, they're going private chambers. I hope she asks him out. <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> stakes are high. Speaking of stakes. There's a Ruth Chris down. <laughs> Do you believe he committed the murder? We don't know for a fact he <laughs> didn't. That's that. not what I asked. Do you think he did it? It's not up to me to decide. Okay, that's twice that you've ducked the question, which you can continue to do, but I'm going to ask you one more time just for fun. Do you think he did it? No. Huh. 
And yet you can attack him in open court, accusing him of being a murderer. We're trying to defend a client, Allie. Why didn't you tell me the plan? Because I figured you would have a problem, and I couldn't risk you tipping off Peters, that's why. So if this man isn't already humiliated, he's certainly ruined now. Do you realize that he has two small children? Did that even factor into your thinking? Our thinking was we needed something to say in our closing argument. We needed to be able to get up and say maybe somebody else did it. When we found out Peters was home alone, we thought, why not try? Prosecution can't disprove a negative. All we need is reasonable doubt with one juror. You're disgusting. Which is exactly why you came to me. Make out. Murder Make cases out. are ugly. Make out. You guys didn't want to get your hands dirty, so you came to us. Mm -hmm. We did the dirty Damn work. Damn right. If we get the acquittal, I'm sure you'll stick it on your resume. You make it sound so good. If I close my eyes, I could almost see you as a hero. Too bad my eyes are open. Mm, I guess there goes the tension. to see the real world. You basically offered a lie into evidence. That is not lawyering in the real world, Bobby. That is what lawyers like you claim to rest. That is how you win an oopsie, yeah. Allie. You better take heed, okay? Because if you want some of this hardware in your future, <laughs> you better start lying and making some bullshit up, okay, girl? It's a good scene, too. What you are. You know what I am? Do you? Damn. That's a really good scene. And you've the got key, to give a feature to your two leads if you're going to do a crossover. Pain goes away. And it was Shooting like, it was a really well written scene because they both had really good points. Yeah, and they avoided the trap of making it about because. They were building such tension, like, that's one of those, like, comedic scenes where you fight, 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 and then they just start making out. Right, right, that exactly. That scene was not about who was going to fuck somebody. That scene was about different uh, viewpoints on the law and the morality of the law, and and it was just a, just a really good scene. Well done, guys. And that scene took place on The Practice, which is more about that dilemma. Right, exactly. More so well, than Allie. Yeah, because Allie is about who's fucking who, and The Practice is about the law. Oh, shots fired, uh, Ali McBeal practice. Bring it. <laughs> now, Keith, since we <laughs> generally do, when we generally do a feature on Eleanor's brooch, we should now point out that uh, we are now flipping over to the scene where Rebecca D. Cricket is visiting the doctor, and she's wearing a, a very interesting brooch. Would you like to describe this brooch? I, it, it looks like an, what is it, like an ice cream cone with a little extra ice cream on the top? Yeah, it's got like a little nipple in the middle, and that nipple happens to be a uh, very to... blatant camera. Oh, right. <laughs> Not a camera. <laughs> I got it. Let that be his word, not yours. Radiate sounds a little clinical. If he hears anything... He only knows I'm being treated. All the same, just say shooting pain, all right? Remember, like arrows. He's not going to demand an MRI. They won't agree to pay for it. The thing is, these insurance doctors, they're not interested so much in rooting out your medical problems as they are in covering their own asses. You're going to see Eleanor watching? Yeah. Nothing we're talking about shows up on an x-ray. The fact that your lawyer's already got a number from them, you're home. This will settle quickly. Yikes. That's proving how skeezy he is. Do we know for sure? Eleanor looked both hurt and Nobody pissed. Nobody saw it. Fair. Now, maybe she did it in some insane trance, but maybe Dr. Peters came in after she was unconscious. It would be perfect, wouldn't it? A person suffers blackouts, memory loss, suggests to her she's a killer from a past life, so when she wakes up and she finds her husband dead, she thinks, my God, maybe I did it. Perfect. We know he loved her. He would stand to be rich. 
He gave her the medication and he told her to take enough to knock her out. Oh shit. Doctor? He just stood up. Doctor? Dr. Peters, please sit down. Dr. Peters, if you don't sit, I'll have you removed by the bailiff. He's looking real intimidating. Take your seat now. Oh shit, he's got a gun? He's got a gun. He's gonna kill himself? Holy shit! He just shot himself. So that's crazy. Not only does that going to make Bobby really kind of have to second guess, but it also gives more credence to getting his person he fell in love with off because they'll be like, oh, he was crazy. And he knew that his career was ruined and he was going to be fingered as a murderer. This is like both the best thing to happen and the worst thing to happen. Yeah, well, it's fucking crazy. But, you know, of course, when I saw this the first time, like, isn't that an admission of guilt no uh, i mean it, it's not not an admission of guilt which means that it, it helps her case especially if he loved her i mean but like, wh- why his would he reputation kill himself it, well his reputation was what was most important to him right and bobby just fucked that every which way possible true Whew. The, the practice does do ambiguity really well yeah really really well Jeez, that, that is an upsetting thing to happen in court. Of course, you shouldn't be able to get into a courtroom with a gun that easily, but that's a conversation for another day. That is a really good point. I didn't think of when I saw this the first time. How did he get a gun in I don't court? know. Bobby really just deep breathed that away. You guys okay? I mean, it's mistrial, yeah. right? Or no? Allie? Fine. Has to be. Judge called a mistrial. We get to do this all over again. Not we. Great. Eugene? You okay? No. Good beat for Eugene there. It's everything you thought it would be, Billy. Steve Harris, good job. You like playing at this level? Oh, don't I told you so it away. Don't be a lawyer, Allie. Well, she doesn't really want to do criminal. It is a different ballgame than civil. Allie. Hmm. I am not going to apologize for not being up for this. Criminal law is... is... I know. It's not my world. Meta. And I don't want it to be. So I'm going to Fox. And I'm not going to feel less than just because I... More meta. It's also terrific work by Calista Flockhart. Absolutely. Like and she, has, full single she hasn't fallen down once. She hasn't fallen... That's true! <laughs> You know, I almost feel bad for 
these characters because David Might E. Kelly funny, took them from a different world, brought them into this the one, and traumatized the fuck out of these poor the characters. He was in and out so much security, maybe thought he was a lawyer. Oh uh, at least they retconned it again, Keith. Wait, back they it up. Just, well, I, I yeah. was talking. Yeah. I, I ruined, I talked How over important you? things again. Right in front of everybody. How did he get a gun in a courtroom? They think he must have bypassed the detector. He was in and out so much security, maybe thought he was a lawyer. Oh my God. How's Bobby? Eugene says not so good. I'm going down. I'll call and let you know. Whoa. What? Spivak. He's coming. Jimmy, come on, Jimmy. Quick, quick, quick. Come on, come on. Hey, Fred. Hi, how are you? Oh, he's got roses. Hi. Surprise. They're beautiful. I got him at the bodega downstairs. I've been missing you. I can't bodega stop thinking of you. Count. I've been thinking a lot about you, too. And I've come to take you to dinner. No escape. Oh, there's an escape. Sure. Yikes. At the empty courtroom, it's With nighttime. A clearly painted backdrop through the windows. That left Bobby shook, and he's going to have a, another conversation with Callista. They are both jockeying for the oopsie. This could be the showdown, Keith. This really is closing time. Should we roll the bumper? Oh. Oh, yeah, totally. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. Who's going to win the oopsie? Closing time. Otherwise, you're crying instead. Literally this time. Closing time. It's running. It's just silent right now. They're sitting in the back of the courtroom together. I'm sorry. He did it. I talked to Detective Kale. The police found traces of her husband's blood in his car. Shit. left a note and her she didn't know anything about it I think it's more powerful if we didn't know but it is nice to know your theory turned out to be true <sighs> what do you know I think in this case it's important for the dynamic between the two of them I, I'm um, sorry for some of the things that I said you haven't said anything I haven't heard before. Well, I won't continue to hear as long. He also missed a spot shaving in this incredibly powerful scene. You all right?
Uh-oh. He's gonna try to steal the oopsie with a single tear. He's getting glassy-eyed. We've had three single... Four single tears this episode from four different actors. This might be the hardest oopsies of all. It really might be. And there it is, kids. Wow. Whew. Oof is right. Lots to unpack, Keith. Tons to unpack. Boy, you know, for a uh, part one of Alley McPractice felt like mostly setup, and it, it felt kind of like unsubstantial. But then this episode is like, whoa, just coming in with the hammers right and left. You stinker. You stinker. I can't believe that we have to go. There's like they held over the Eleanor and the insurance fraud thing. One, a third episode, though. Well, I mean, I think it's emotionally very important for Eleanor. Yeah. And it also with what happened at the end of this episode, it's just you can't wrap something up after somebody shoots himself in court. Like, like you, you you've pretty <laughs> you've shot your wad. Like, literally, after that happens. So, it it seems like a thing that should be wrapped up later. I think. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's dig into this, because we have a lot of work to do. Starting with... Yes. Most you know, Keith, you commended me about all this work I put into an oopsie bumper. Yes. And then chose not to play it? Oh, fuck me. Son of a bitch. All right. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good... And being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? God, I almost stepped on, hypothetically, somebody that we can't talk about again. (laughs) No, I That's Mr. Burns in the middle there. That's Mr. Burns that says, oopsie. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I just remembered. I remembered he was in an episode and I had to dig it up. Oh. An amazing bumper. Uh, thank you. And we, we have a little surprise coming up for season three on that, but we're not going to show it until season three. Getting so close. All right. We're back to most valuable liar. Okay, great. This, this I think, is the one of the toughest ones. Um, a lot of great lawyering. I've decided, though, that we can't give Bobby credit for the theory turning out to be true because they they played it as much as they, it was a shot in the dark. Right. So, I mean, we can't give them, like, most valuable detective. Right, right. Now, I think... Oh, man. So many, so much goodness. Well, here. Bobby was so good, although I do think that Eugene, that scene where he does the calling out, is so well done and so perfect that I kind of want to award him, too. Well, I I think in terms of the lawyering that actually turned the case, 
even if it didn't necessarily turn the jury's case, it certainly changed the whole dynamic was Eugene. I mean, I, I like the rest of it was sort of the lawyering was establishing ideas. It was talking about witnesses, that kind of a thing. Uh, but the I, I really think Eugene is the one who did the the major work. Uh, for the record, Mike has just put a fake candle on his head as if he has an idea. And I think your idea should be telling me who's the most valuable lawyer. I think Eugene is the most valuable lawyer. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Congratulations, Eugene. You you berated a therapist into suicide and therefore have won an oopsie. That used to be a category, but we've since uh, lumped it into the most Yeah, it was a little too specific. Yeah, it was a little on the nose. (laughs) A little on the side of the head. Okay. Through the side of the head, really. That was dark. Getting a paycheck. Way to go. Way to go. Best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Keith, can we get t-shirts made? Oopsie Award t-shirts or out of practice t-shirts? I just want to see people's face. Like being like, what the hell is that t-shirt? Who are these people? Yeah, we can we can we can get t-shirts. In fact, I'm wearing my uh, Wisdom of One t-shirt right this very minute. Oh yeah, well you guys probably have people who buy them, but we should. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, that'd be a good Christmas thing. We should do that. Do some merch. We can do some merch. Yeah. Be into that. All right. I'd like one of those shirts too. One of the Oopsie shirts. Yeah. All right. No. Yes, definitely. But one of those Wisdom of One shirts looks great. Oh yeah, we can do that. I also lost my I Got Fired shirt, so if you have any of those in the drawers. Oh, do I have an I Got Fired shirt? I have <laughs> 10 fucking thousand I Got Fired shirts. I have You got a medium up in this bitch? I've definitely got a medium. I have, an, I have like 10 of everything. No, I have... We printed like 260 shirts for I Got Fired, which is the musical I wrote a million years ago. And then nobody wanted the t-shirts, so we sold like 30 of them. So I have been like... <laughs> wandering around in my life living in new york city with no closet space with just like i got fired shirts going everywhere which is why i am frequently seen about town wearing my own fucking shows t-shirt not because like i'm out like i look at me i wrote a show it's because i haven't done my laundry and there's always a clean shirt in my drawer um anyway you know, best guest <sighs> Uh, you know who I th- wait? Did we just de- we we decided last week we can't give this to Callista Flockhart, right? No, because in the context of this, she would be a cast member of Ally McPractice. So, I I desperately want. Oh, and I, I I shut down my IMDb. I feel so bad. I desperately want to give this to the doctor who I thought gave a good performance. Kelly Connell. Kelly Connell. I really wanted to kind of award him, you know, for for his portrayal in both two episodes plus you know posthumously i think he deserves it. <laughs> <Posthumously>. <laughs> um however even in limited scenes i think once again donna murphy just acts the shit around everybody and has to get the oopsie two weeks running Ooh, back to back oopsies from mike for donna murphy yeah well i i, I think that's true uh however i am going to give it to kelly connell oh. uh i i think he's He's a he's a very good actor. It did a very understated performance in a very overstated part, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's able to hold his own against 
you know, these these major cast members, which of course he was a major cast member in another David E. Kelly show, which is why I understand I understand why David gave him the big feature there. Um, but I th- I thought he did a really good job. So congrats. Remind me though that 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 does bring me to a question I have about okay. the kind of way this played out. But I'll wait till we get to the episode. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations, Kelly Connell and Donna Murphy, for your oopsie for best guest on Alley Make Practice, which brings us to I think our most difficult choice. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. This one's tough. This one's really tough. I think there's a strong case to be made for Bobby Donald for uh, Dylan McDermott here. Once again, he has to play a ton of different levels, uh, and he gets to do his favorite scene at the end of the episode where he questions his life and choices and right, career right. path, which he does so wonderfully. I think Callista did great. Uh, I don't know that she was featured enough to really warrant best actor on the show. She did give uh, a single tear, mind you. She did single tear us, uh, and it was really well done. And she played a completely different tone and almost character in this version of Ally McBeal in the real world, the grounded world, yeah, not the Ally McBeal yeah, true. world. All the performances from the Ally McBeal cast definitely yeah. matched the tone of the practice here. And I think it's interesting that they didn't include that Gil character, Gil Fish, I think his name was. Fish, right. Uh, because he's such a hyper-stylized character in the other universe, both of those two kind of comedic relief characters, that they didn't cross them over because they just, I don't think they knew how to write for them in this world. That's, I think that's a, it's a fair fair point. Uh, however, I, I also think that a strong, strong case can be made for Cameron Maham again, because yeah. she was fantastic, uh, had to play some really sensitive moments, had to play herself found herself in some stakes that were really high and really personal uh and and kudos to the writing like i said again because i think they were really grounded realistic scenes uh i found myself most riveted by those scenes if i'm being honest yeah my instincts to give it to bobby but i think i have to give it to cameron that's going to be my vote yeah i i i i think we I think we, this is some of uh, Dylan's best work on the show, I think. Um, you know, and in the typical scene of, like, questioning my life choices at the end of every episode, I think this was the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it felt like the stakes of what happened in the episode matched that level of introspection and that level of, like, oh, God. And also, th- there's another element of him having... It seems like he's accepted that as well he's like yes i question this but i accept that this is my life this is what i do this is who i am uh, this is a little bit more of a discussion for uh for spare tires but all of that said i agree with you i think i think this is definitely cameron's episode um i think she she does a lot of things here and and as i mentioned before what i like about it is that she's she had to play subtext in opposition to her text a few times here and i think uh did a really good job of navigating that you know she had to lie to uh to her boyfriend which i think she did effectively in a way that was both 
the boyfriend would be like, something's up, but I believe her. But also as an audience member, you see all of that work. And she had to lie about her emotions to her friends. And I thought that was really good, as well as expressing tremendous truth in her emotions. So congratulations, Cameron Mannheim. You have won your best actor, Oopsie, for this Ally McPractice episode. Which brings us to one last. No, that's not true. God, I always forget. You know, one of these days I'm going to write down the uh, the oopsies in order so I don't keep fucking it up. But that day is not today. It is time for... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady! Okay. Tough one because there wasn't a lot of Tom Brady in this episode. Not a great and, deal, no. And, and we didn't even receive any messages from him or emails for that matter that's true that's true but keith just because tom wasn't in the episode that does not preclude him from winning the tom brady award for being tom brady i'd like to once again bring us back to the bylaws stated in the contract that you and i both signed when creating this award and we do sign contracts of course Mm -hmm. that we would award this to who was tom brady the best and once oh, again, no, 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 no. Check, check the bylines. It's not being Tom Brady the best. It is being Tom Brady. It's not about how successful he is at being Tom Brady. It is a state of being. Yeah, you know what? And that clarity is something you always bring to the table, and I appreciate and I respect about you. And, and, and in, in aligning with that, I'm going to go ahead and against my better judgment, okay. I'm going to state for the record, against my better judgment, yeah. I'm going to award it to Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I agree with all that reasoning, um, and I don't want to belabor the point, uh, but uh, yeah, no, congratulations, Tom Brady, on winning the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady for this episode of Ally McPractice, which... <laughs> <laughs> now brings us to <laughs> it's so ridiculous how many spare tires this episode gets i want to point out before i forget this you know i, I want to backtrack i had said that i preferred that we hadn't found out at the end that they found evidence that the therapist had actually done it i think that because the ambiguity was nice um but knowing and how insignificant that knowledge was to Bobby's sort of state of being at the end of the episode made Bobby's state of being at the end of the episode the most effective it's been, as you oh, mentioned that's an a couple point. seconds ago. Yeah. You know, if we still hadn't known if if it was just a crazy theory or if it was really real, uh, I think there's an argument to be made to be like, well, you know, maybe he was right and maybe that guy did do it and Bobby was just like super smart about it. Now that we know that that is the case, it further heightens that he wasn't really smart about it. It was just a pull it out of your ass, kind of could be arguably underhanded tactic to berate this guy, possibly ruin his career and his life. And Bobby did it just as kind of a last ditch effort. And I think that that sort of weighed on him. The consequences are weighing on him a little heavier than usual. So I thought that that was maybe pretty effective, uh, helpful in that moment. And I like that it wasn't an ep- it wasn't a moment where Callist- Callista was, I told you sewing or it was it was a real moment. And there were so many of those real moments throughout this episode. I found it to be much more tonally, much more what I want the show to be mm-hmm. all the time. 
Um, I think that might be heightened also because it's juxtaposed against what was a pretty wacky episode last week-ish. Right, right. That said, it still was a pretty non-grounded, crazy coming to a head. I mean, it felt like the best way we could get our actress out was to have her not do it. Like, I'd have to watch it again, but I feel like they didn't plant enough seeds in the past two episodes to make it realistic that it was the doctor all along. He didn't come across as insidious. It didn't seem like he really had much of a motive. You know what I mean? Mm. He, yes, he was in love with her. Yes, his reputation was important to him, but at no, re, no at no point did it he did he seem like he was a murderer. Well, not all murderers walk around seeming like murderers. Yeah, I mean that's true. We could have a long conversation about that. I just it just felt a little, and it, it was supposed to be explosive and out of nowhere. So. A, Bing, bing, you win. Um, did it make me dislike the episode? No. I, I liked it, I think, better than last week, although the novelty of last week was really... what did was we, fun. Do, yeah. What did we rate last week? I have no idea. Well, I think it was like a six and... Seven? Seven and a 6.75, something like that? Yeah, or it was seven and a 6.25. Something like that. So somewhere in the mid-sixes. Great work by the our our guys. I thought the alley people. It was they they feel better in their show. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a six point seven five. Okay, well that's that's interesting because I would I would give it the same. I would give it a seven again, but it, the novelty factor was a little less. So I'm I'm just I'm knocking it down a little. Okay. Bit. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think on this episode we disagree. Uh, I actually really liked this episode. Yeah, I did like it too. Don't uh, get me wrong. I mean, but... uh, I think the uh, the acting was tremendous. I thought the writing was really good. Uh, I frankly loved the twist. I loved the fact that I didn't. The writing was it. really strong. I, I, I like that he didn't take a lot of the cheap outs like he does a lot yeah i i liked that i wasn't ahead of the episode i wasn't ahead of what was going to happen um i i also like that retroactively the lizzie borden thing now feels a little bit more justified in that it was made up as sort of a it, 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 the only thing about it that seems a little goofy is the therapist who is obviously a bright guy that this would be his his plan right <laughs> is to come up with like oh yeah the best way i can think of uh getting away with murder here <laughs> is the lizzie borden thing and it makes me wonder uh at what point did he start planting the lizzie borden seeds because it, it seems like <laughs> now i'm talking myself out of my own liking of this episode <laughs> but it's like if uh if he started, if, if he decided to kill the husband and then was like, all right, let me then plant the seeds here as a way to get away with murdering the husband with the Lizzie Borden thing, is that really the best idea? Or is the Lizzie Borden thing actually true? And then when he murdered the husband, he took advantage of it. Right. Like, was the tact, was his plot to 
hypnotize her? Like, is so is what really happened when we extrapolate it all that she came in that day and he hypnotized her and then kept her hypnotized until after he committed the murder and then let her snap out of it? No, no, no. I, I, I think what we what's in there and maybe it wasn't clear when we listened to it the first time is that he drugged her. Okay. He he gave her you know like a a powerful sedative and knocked her out so she wouldn't remember. It's sort of like the ambient thing. So even though she was sort of there, she wouldn't remember what she'd be very disoriented and confused. And he could then use that as his way to insert the Lizzie Borden thing. Um, but it it seems like a you know if I were going to murder somebody and I was going to frame slash get somebody off for it (laughs) i wouldn't necessarily do it that way now that all said it's still i mean now i'm going the opposite direction and defending it to you but (laughs) it's so bizarre how we're (laughs) approaching this yet in the if you back up a couple of steps it had to be still crazy enough believable but crazy enough to be a red herring so that we think it's too crazy to throw us off the scent that it's the doctor all along. Right. They achieved all of that. Like, I was stunned by it. So, clearly, they were able to get, make us think, oh, it's a crazy theory that Bobby's just flinging out there. But also with enough truth so that when it turns out to be true, it's not totally insane. So, they were playing with a lot of... Yeah. I'm wondering if from the beginning, it was it was known that it was going to be the doctor. You know what I mean? Right. Well, look, I tell you what. I uh... The performances were still great. The writing was great. Your argument to your defense is very, very true. Yeah. Uh, look, all told, was it an exciting episode that I really enjoyed that I looked forward to watching again? Yes. And for that reason, I'm giving it 8.25 oh, spare you tires. You're kidding me. All right. I don't even I don't even know why the calendar doesn't or the calculator doesn't even pop up anymore. <laughs> I, I'm did you do the math one. already? Or are you going to make me Google it? No, I'm going to make you do it. I'm not going to look it up. I don't even remember what you said. What I am curious I about... I said 675. I'm hearing fuzz on my vocals right now. I'm wondering if that's going to show up on the podcast. Guys, tune in to right now because you're already listening. Is it going to sound... Am I going to sound weird or am I not going to sound weird? We're going to find out. But we're near the episode, so I'm not going to fix it. I do hear a episode. little fuzz. Do you? Set, oh, boy. This one is a bizarre one. So we are... Combining to rate this episode 7.375 spare tires. Interesting. I think that's a first. That is absolutely a first. Okay. Well, that is the conclusion of the Out of Alley McPractice special double episode part two. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to let you do the rest of the talking because I might sound fuzzy. Keith, I'm hoping so much that there are other special episodes to come, and this isn't the only crossover or special unique type episode that's happened. I hope there's a musical episode or something crazy like that in our future. I can only hope. But if you want to be crazy with us, you can write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram and social media at outofpracticepodcast. Slow down. You've got way more songs. Or you could write us a review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts join to the join jury. the jury. Or hit us up uh, on Reddit somewhere <laughs> somewhere yeah. Keith and I are going to go see it part 2 today yeah we're, we're really gonna excited go see about each that. other in person and get lunch although Jillian Jillian heard that that was the plan and went to Texas she flew literally to Texas she got out of our time zone to avoid this it's almost 2pm is Jen dressed I'm not 
And we have to decide where we're going to lunch still. Yes, Keith, we where do. do you live? I gotta pick you up. I live on 33rd Street. 33rd and like 20th Avenue? 33rd and fucking Con Ed. 33rd and Con Ed, I hope nothing blows up. If it does, <laughs> it'll sound like laser sound. Laser sounds. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero, Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20, but I-